to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. We have intense stuff to talk about on today's program. You'll probably hear me overuse and abuse the word stuff for whatever reason. I mean, it's a it's a word that, that we've all used since childhood, but for whatever reason, my mind seems to be fixated on choosing or selecting the word stuff as a kind of catch-all. You know what I mean by catch-all? Like the same thing your computer does when you have that little trash barrel. Um, on my computers, it's always down on the right-hand side. At the bottom, there's a trash barrel, and you can empty the trash. <laughs> On the computer, from the computer, all the garbage, all the cookies, all the stuff you didn't want, um, because it sucks up your memory. So, stuff is stuff. Stuff is like all the intangibles, all the things that we we know what they are, but we're just we don't want to park our brains in, in some uh, parking lot jam, uh, trying to figure out a synonym for stuff. So, end of that part of it. But we are going to uncover stuff. So for me, stuff is an important word because when I talk to you about stuff, it's not like, you know, some trivial pursuits thing. It's it's important stuff. So let me redefine important stuff. Important stuff is, the really important stuff is, number one, where are you going to spend all of eternity? And the answer, we, we talk about it constantly. You'll either spend eternity in a place called heaven, the brand new glorified body, and receive God's free gift of eternal life, or you will spend all of eternity in uh, a place far, far worse than the twilight zone. You know, it's kind of awkward, but you, you, you will spend all of eternity in what could be called the hell zone, the, 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 the lake of fire. You, you like people don't like the lake of fire. God's a cruel God. How can you worship a God that's so cruel? What's the matter with you? Are you a fundamentalist or something? You can't think for yourself. No fool. No, I don't tell this to people's faces. Sometimes I have to repent. Sometimes I don't. But I, I keep it in my head. But you know, the answer to your ridiculously stupid question is this. And and hear me well. Most of you listening to the program on a regular basis, you already know this. But we all have friends, neighbors, relatives, et cetera, et cetera, people we interact with. They, they think, they are so deluded that they think their brain is bigger than God's brain. How very sad. And so God says there's two places that you can potentially go to after you die. You can go to heaven by putting your faith in Christ. There's no such thing as purgatory. Purgatory is a flop. Okay? Purgatory is a flop because it's not theological, it's not true, it's not biblical, and and purgatory does away with with it, purgatory as a doctrine. I'm not taking shots at Catholics because you see Protestants and born-again evangelicals never formal, formally say they believe in purgatory. But they have concocted, they have invented a kind of unique and sneaky evangelical and uh, 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 Bible, so-called Bible-believing Christian purgatory. It's, it's modified. But bottom line, there's no purgatory, because purgatory, in one fell swoop, theologically, 
does away with the necessity, the immediacy, and the priority of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins and inviting Christ into your life so that you can be born again and live forever and ever and ever in heaven with God and all the other people who have accepted God. Now, why that's essential is because if you say there's a purgatory, you're artificially making up a lie. You're you're deceiving people by giving people a mythological, delusional second chance. And so human nature being what it is, human nature takes advantage of that. And human nature, especially in America, for crying out loud, human nature takes the whole concept of purgatory and and rebrands it as, quote, a license to sin. In other words, since there is no hell, people think like this in the back of their heads. They say to themselves, well, since there is no hell, and um, or if there is a hell, before I would go to hell, uh, you know, I could believe in God because th- there will be a purgatory. So you're getting a fake second chance. There is no purgatory. So the, how do you know that? Because the Bible explicitly says it. It says it is appointed once for a man or a woman to die, one lifetime, and then after that, the judgment. You got it? It's a no-brainer. You know, you would have to uh, spend your life, your early life, most of us didn't. We escaped. We escaped a, a very unique tribulation called public education and its many manifestations. We escaped it to a large degree. So whatever uh, propagandaistic, bad English, whatever propaganda-type education we received, it was watered down with the, left o- with the leftover, with the residue from the past of good old-fashioned thinking tools, brain quickeners, like rational thought, studying history, scientific, scientific method, logic, reason, and on and on and on. And when you have those capacities or tools in your brain, you're able to circumvent um, teaching, Bible teaching from television talk show hosts. No, 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 no. There's a difference between enough. There are people, admittedly in the minority, who are on television who actually do preach the gospel or to, to a significant degree. But then the average or stereotypical pastor of today, and I'm not, I really, I go out of my way trying to knock pastors, I'm trying not to knock pastors, but the stereotypical pastor of today His greatest goal and desire is to um, get everybody to like him, to get everybody to accept him, to to be accepted by the community, to be accepted by um, uh, the nation, to to be accepted by those that, to be accepted by by that ever-growing number of people who presume that if they uh, buy into uh, this mass consensus thinking that that somehow this world system in America, the media culture and uh, the popular culture and the educational culture, that somehow they will have tears in their eyes, and then all of a sudden the a shaft of light will will blow through the weather modification clouds 
clouds that look like they've been infused with gallons of pencil lead, chemicals called graphene oxide, which is just one of the many wonderful ingredients, allegedly, of, of, of vaccines. And what is graphene? Graphene oxide. It's like it's like it, it's like lead in a pencil, and so what it does is it transforms every person via the graphene oxide and via the the millions of five G cell phone towers, six G cell phone towers. The graphene oxide turns you, the pseudo human being, into. Let's just say it for what it is. It turns you, it transforms you into a broadcasting system, like a radio. You're a bro- I used to, you know, be on a zillion radio stations. There aren't a zillion radio stations, but I was on a lot of them. And this was this isn't all that long ago before we had a technological revolution. And when I was on these radio stations, the mother station was a was a very far-reaching AM station. Which was, which was, uh, I don't want to give it out because it'll confuse people, but it was right in the middle of the AM dial where all the big talk shows were. That was God. Okay. So, so the, the whole idea is I always knew all about broadcasting and stuff because as a radio talk show host, uh, nationally syndicated on, you know, many FM and many AM stations, not to mention the internet broadcasts and the other uh, technology broadcasting, I was always aware of the fact that that the mothership upon, of which I was a part of by the grace of God, the mothership was an AM station, and and you know we had a massive audience because of a quirk. Now I don't believe in quirks, so the massive audience was due to um god period end of story and this is why um the owner of the network a very brilliant man mr crawford uh, who i salute to this day for his courage um even though he fired me i salute him to this day and i actually uh he fired me and just for the record uh, probably in the history of his network, because he owned all kinds of AM and FM stations, secular sports news, everything. But I, I, I probably had the. He didn't care about ratings. He cared about cash flow from advertisers. I, I ha- probably had the highest rated, most popular, most watched, most spiritually impactful, and far-reaching radio program. On, in the history of his network. And that was quite a feat because my show was a Christian interactive radio talk show. So I called him and thanked him for the uh, 10 plus years. He, he had me on the air and basically did go with it, run with it. And man, when you're a creative person, when you're seeking God and you have a boss, this was rare. I've had a lot of jobs in my life. But this was the first boss I ever had. This guy was down to business. This guy was buttoned up. This guy had enormous discipline. And that's why God was able to use him, because he wasn't a a flake. 
And so he basically let me do whatever I wanted to do because he trusted me to make the decisions, to produce the programming, to, to have the guests that could potentially change America, bring souls into the kingdom of God. And so he, he said, he didn't say these words, but, but basically this is what he told me, let it rip, let it rip. And my advertisers made a fortune. And, and, and the show boomed. That's what catapulted me onto the Fox News Network and CNN and the History Channel and all kinds of stuff. So uh, the point is, you know it's the favor of God when you get a boss like that. You, you all know what I'm talking about because you've all had the other kind of boss I have had. And the other kind of boss doesn't recognize talent if it ran over them with, with a hemi, okay? Has no ability to perceive or recognize talent or at the most very little ability. So he let it rip. And because he got out of the way and allowed me to uh, do what I believe God called me to do, because he knew I had paid the price in terms of training and studying and everything else. Uh, the show exploded and God was able to use it. And so I was preaching, teaching. Uh, I never called myself a prophet, but I, I delivered nonstop for over 10 years. And this isn't an exaggeration at all. My show, the Paul, this show is called The Paul McGuire Show. And The Paul McGuire Show uh, aired a minimum of three hours per day drive time. But because the show was so popular and, and, and made money for the advertisers and stuff, it, the show was not just aired three hours a day. On many, many stations, especially the California stations, it, it aired six hours or more Monday through Friday. Okay? Comprehend that. Think about that. Think about the amount of people you're reaching. And every time I drive to work, I would be thanking God, even though I was stuck in the traffic jams too, because everywhere I could see out of my car window, and my commute was 180 miles a day round trip, I burned out numerous cars, um, and it took me anywhere from, I don't know, four hours to eight hours, occasionally 12 hours round trip to, to, to get to the radio station where I would do the show live. Until eventually, by the grace of God, I was able to move my studio closer to where I live. And uh, it was a miracle because you know, and I know, that's a rare thing to have a boss that basically trusts you, esteems you enough to let you run with it. And so let's just take California. This is not about bragging about Paul McGuire time, by the way, there's a point to this. Influence. God gives us all different degrees of influence. You may desire to be influential, but for many people, what that secretly means in their dark hearts is the desire to be influential is in reality a, dis a disguised lust to be powerful, and they're not the same thing. Just because you're powerful does not mean you're influential. Influential means your words, your programming, your content is changing people's lives for eternity. That's the main thing. And then there's the secondary things, such as social change, political change, et cetera, et cetera. Now, 
So what happened, it just, this is California. This is just one little itsy bitsy illustration. In California, Crawford at that time, I don't, I don't know what he's doing now, but at that time, he, he and say, if you, if you, if you know Don Crawford Sr. or Jr., say hi to him. Tell him I still speak well of him over the air. He needs to know that. Because I, I said, I'm not going to, when the day comes, because, you know, entertainment business, radio business, it's, it's, a, it's a funky business. Everybody knows that who gets into it. You, you, you just don't know how long the wave is going to be that you're going to be surfing on. You just don't know. It, it's, it requires a, a, an individual who is willing to endure a high degree of risk. Now, if you have a dream to do something for the Lord or a dream to do something, period, you have to read, read the biographies of, of, of the people who make things happen. You have to be able to tolerate and endure a high degree of risk. I was talking to this lady in Beverly Hills, who my wife and I both know. I won't tell you what business she's in, but let's just put it this way. She, she's the person that the biggest movie stars, TV stars, musicians, country music, hip-hop rock, that all the biggest stars and politicians and so on and so forth, they all go to her, okay? Because she is a master in her field of, of doing things that uh, make, hopefully make you look better by stimulating your immune system and when you stimulate your immune system, you increased, these are new, new words in science, you increase your capacity for longevity and longevity. And so there's that glow on your face. You know, when you, you know, most of the time when I'm wherever I am and I see a woman who, whose face doesn't have a whole lot of wrinkles, I'm not saying all women's faces have a whole lot of wrinkles, but as age comes, wrinkles come to different degrees to different people. So. So what I noticed was that that there were some women. There's there's a, a reduction of wrinkles, and guess what? You've seen it too. Their faces have a strange glow, and because their faces literally have this—I shouldn't say strange—their faces have this wondrous glow. And and the reason for that, by the way, scientifically, is that you and I, what we are in this physical world is a result of a projection of elect of specific electromagnetic frequencies coming in from another dimension. So we are electrical magnetic beings. Okay? So I've noticed that certain women their face glows. And then as I got older and wiser, it doesn't always go together. But then as I got older and wiser, I, I, I did a little homework because I'm always doing research homework. And I discovered that what all these women and men had in common in terms of, of the glow in their face, the youthfulness in their face, the attractiveness in their face. No, don't get what I'm telling you all wrong and upside down. I'm not saying I'm running around lusting after women whose faces glow. So get it out of your head. Get it out of your head because I don't want to deal with your problem. Okay, so why the glow? Why, why the, the natural beauty? Well, some of it, a lot of it is the immune system is, is operating properly because of exercise, diet, nutrition, or whatever. And why does your face glow when you're taking care of yourself? 
it glows because you're an electrical magnetic being, and the number and power of photons, or, or what are known as biophotons, biophotons are electrical energy and electromagnetic energy that your body generates, and it causes your face to glow, your body to glow in an almost supernatural sense. But what it is in a scientific sense is that your immune system, your diet, exercise, and your emotional state of consciousness, when you add them all together, they produce a new state of consciousness that makes you look a lot prettier, a lot handsomer, a lot more youthful, your face glows. But the root of it is you have activated the biophotons in your brain, soul, and body. And when your biophotons are activated or the photons are activated, they cause an electrical magnetic frequency glow from your skin and et cetera, et cetera. You're glowing. Yeah, yeah, you're glowing. So a lot of women and men, you know, you want to look good. It has nothing to do with vanity. It has to do with whether or not when you're standing in the employment line or a job line and you get the job and you're not necessarily from an objective standpoint, you're not necessarily the most beautiful or attractive or handsome male or female applying for the job. Let's just say you're, you're average in your looks. Okay. But if you're competing for a job in a tight job market and your emotional state and your immune system is low and the energy that should be lighting up your biophotons or photons is low, you, you now walk into the job interview with a handicap because you're not looking your best. And you're not looking your best is secondarily a product of your immune system, your diet, your exercise, did you get sleep, the amount of stress in your life, etc., etc., etc. When those things are functioning properly, they activate the biophotons that cause you to glow. Now, here's the truth, the takeaway truth that I want to give you. And you need to pass it along to your daughters and sons and yourself and everything else. You will be, the, the, look, it doesn't matter what's fair or not. We live in a fallen world. So get over uh, your, your irrational desire to see fairness and equity uh, uh, completely filled out in this world. It's not going to happen because we live, wake up, we live in an unfair, unjust world because it's a fallen world. So, now, so, so you could literally, and this is not an exaggeration, hypothetical scenario, you're waiting in line, you fill out the, the, the application, you, you come in there with this glow on your face, okay? The person who's the screener or the job interview notices, consciously or unconsciously, that your face is glowing. Subconsciously, in their mind, that translates in our job market, that translates as a um, financial asset. It translate, translates as, uh, when it's evaluated subconsciously, it translates that you're a person who's a winner. Things are going well for you. 
I'm going to bet on hiring this person because they look victorious. That's probably not a non-Christian word, but they look victorious. And, and, and guess what? They want to be around people like that and avoid the others because when they're around people like that, it energizes them. It lifts their immune system and their brain and their ability to produce and achieve goals. It, it, it activates it. What activates it? The electromagnetic energy emanating from your face, your body, your life, your work product, etc., etc. So, just by tapping into that, and that's a natural force, but it's God that created the natural force. So, just by going to job interviews, meeting people like that, blah, 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 you have. I never read authors talk about this, not even Christian authors. You have an automatic advantage. You have an automatic advantage. You have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay claim to it, okay? And you're just going to have to live with it. You can write me off as an egomaniac, or you can say, hey, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. And I would say to you, to you don't believe what I'm telling you. Experiment with it. Look at it objectively. Pay attention to the quality of feedback you're getting in your life. And make observations about whether or not this is productive for you and it's opening doors for you. And if it is, you've got a handle on a good thing. So, the other area that I notice, more among women, but also among men, when men or women of many age groups, I, I don't think it's restricted to any particular age group, when they fall in love with somebody, Okay, when they're in love, and I don't want to get into the definition. I could give them the definition if you want one. I, I did all the Bible study notes for the New King James Bible, the Spirit-filled New King, King James Bible. Uh, I wrote all the, the notes, the, the Greek and uh, uh, Latin and Hebrew word wealth definitions. I wrote about 500 pages of detailed notes helping people understand the Bible. Obviously, I didn't write the Bible, but I I did this for Jack Hayford, and it was designed to target people who didn't like the Bible, or it was designed to target, um, you know, people who were hungry for God, but they weren't hungry for religion. So, what you notice is that when, there's three kinds of love. There's agape love, which is the love of Jesus Christ. There's the um, filial love, or filial love, which is uh, the kind of love a mother has for her children, brother, pure brotherly love, etc., etc. And then finally, there's the eros kind of love, which in our culture would be translated as either romantic or erotic sexual love, or potentially a combination of all three. Now, when you're in love, it doesn't have to be sexual love. So don't you know? Get over, get over your your speed bump addiction. Every time I try to put my foot on the accelerator and share with you a truth, so we can take a shortcut together through life and get to our God-given destination point quicker than the average person. Every time I try to do that, I got I got a certain percentage of people who who. 
I'm not going to call them that, but I'm asking the question. I just wonder if they're religious maniacs or, or what. I'm not saying they are. I'm just wondering because they always attack. They're like attack dogs. And what gets them to salivate and growl is the glow. How could that possibly be? You have to be warped. Who was the guy in the movie directed by the famous British, was it the British film director? Oh, Lord, I can't remember the name. It was a famous, famous movie. I think it starred Anthony Perkins. And and he lived in this weird, like, horror house. And the, and the house is still there on a studio lot in one of the major studios. And hidden in the back room, oh, the name of the movie, I believe, I believe, was Psycho. And he had his dead mother, or partially dead mother, who was sitting in a rocking chair, kind of running his life, and he hit her in a back room. Okay. Now, Tony Perkins was filled with bitterness, anger, resentment that was somehow connected to his mother, and he didn't generate that kind of love glow, the pure love glow I'm talking about. My mother taught me about this when I was a young boy. It's not the occult. Sometimes I feel like slapping people in the face. Common sense is not the occult. She was from Missouri. My father was from New York City. But in Missouri, as in other rural areas, they, they have a more countryfied, basic way of perceiving and thinking that, that escapes the pseudo-self-important intellectualism of people who live in New York City. So they don't know how to read faces. That's why they vote. Did you ever wonder why the American people, like crack addicts, like meth addicts, habitually vote for a liar, sexually immoral, uh, uh, a, a criminal, a con man? The, 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 the legitimacy of, of, of the voting choices that the American people make for the president, the vice president, and all these important offices. On a regular and consistent basis, the American people literally vote for the best psychopath on the ticket with no apologies and no regrets. How else could you possibly explain the, the series of Nightmare on Elm Street presidential choices we put into office? There's no explanation for it besides going to public education. So, when Anthony Perkins in Psycho, he, he was a psycho too, he didn't generate that glow. Because when you are honest, this is what my mother taught me, and she's not a Christian at this moment. We're working on it. Pray for her. I love her deeply. My mother taught me this. When people, and, and it's amazing how my mother, who's a card-carrying member of the ACLU, and an atheist, and a secular humanist, has higher morals, has a higher moral code, has a higher standard for absolute right and absolute wrong, has a higher degree of ethics and honesty than the vast majority of Bible-believing, born-again Christians I know. How could that be? Do the math with me here now. How could that be? How could that be? The only way that could be is that the Christianity that is being passed off as Christ, biblical evangelical Christianity that's being passed off in America as the real thing 
is not the real thing. It's a counterfeit. Yeah, there are millions of people who are truly born-again Christians, and the Holy Spirit lights up their inner man or woman, and they glow. Yeah, they do. But my mother also told me how to look into somebody's eyes and read people. People from the country know these basics. And people from the large urban areas and the cities, of which uh, I'm a product of, I'm not particularly proud of it, people from the cities are too impressed with themselves to be humble enough to, to absorb these basic truths, like learning how to read somebody's face, that the average American used to know. Uh, you know, way back in the time of the Pilgrims and the Puritans, and for hundreds of years after that. You could go all over the United States. It's, I'll tell you what, it's only been since the proliferation of social media, internet technology, television, film, radio, the minute our society began to be intentionally deconstructed. Please don't be insulted by this. I just I want to make sure everybody gets it. People don't understand. You know who the dumbest people that I've ever met are across the board? Are the people who think they're intelligent. I'm not against college degrees, but it's often the people that have multiple degrees. It's people that come from urban environments, people who are full of themselves, people who are know-it-alls. That whole category of people consists of, in my humble opinion, what I consider the dumbest demographic or the dumbest people in America. Why? Because a prerequisite for gaining knowledge, and if you gain knowledge, you gain power, is to pursue knowledge. But in order to pursue knowledge, you've got to be open to it. God has made the, 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 the reality of knowledge blatantly obvious. You can perceive it with all of your senses. You just have to turn the switch on. But you see, on a bi-coastal basis, all, all, all the, the pseudo-big shots that that jump on a plane in Manhattan or wherever, and then they fly to L.A., and then they fly from L.A. back to New York. They call that the, the bi-coastal because they just jet across the country. And if you look down, by the way, this is always amusing. When you look out the jet window, have you ever noticed that what you see is not one mass of buildings and cities? Uh, you don't see evidence uh, when you're looking from the perspective of a jet down on Earth and down on America, you don't see any real evidence of what they like to call, mythologically, uh, a population explosion. It's all deserted land. You just go, uh, you know, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour outside of uh, uh, Los Angeles County, and you're in, in the desert. I'm talking about the desert, you know, desert, desert-looking desert. They shoot movies at such a desert-looking place. Deserts that look deserted. And as you fly in this jet, I don't know how many miles per hour you're going, you're traveling quite a distance. So you finally land at whatever airport, which is Oregon or Dallas or whatever. And the point is, there's no evidence of a population explosion. Oh, the crisis that the got to understand, you got to think deeper than the dummies. 
that would make a good t-shirt. Think deeper than the dummies because the dummies are killing our nation. You know that, don't you? The dummies are killing our nation because when the obvious facts are put right smack in front of their face, they can't, they, they don't get it. They don't grasp it. And they melt. They melt. Who was it that melted? Was it, was it in the Wizard of Oz? Somebody melted in the Wizard of Oz, I think. If I'm wrong, email me at paulmcguire.us. Okay, so the, the critical thing here is knowledge is power. So you've probably wondered, like I have and many thinking people have, why are so many people who don't believe in God, who don't believe in Bible, who the Bible, who aren't praying for wisdom, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, why does it seem like all those worldly people who have rejected the Bible and rejected Jesus Christ, Lord help me, I'm vocalizing our mutual plea, Lord help us, because it seems like, on, at least on a superficial level, that they're richer, more educated, have better jobs, high-paying jobs, promoted to very powerful positions, and basically they're living high on the hog. Uh, which is not <laughs> which is not a New York City expression. I must have got that from my mother. They're living high off the hog, okay? And why are they living high off the hog? I spent a lot of time thinking about this and praying about it. Why? Because I always return to the mission God has given me, which took me, by the way, so take heart. It took Paul McGuire forever to discover what God's mission was for my life. And then finally, in an incremental way, over a lifetime, it took a lifetime of study and research and understanding history and reading the Bible and praying and seeking God and conducting all kinds of analysis. But then I began to understand that, that the playing field that I'm on, uh, God has given you and I certain assets, certain enhancements, certain benefits that give us the advantage in a spiritual war. So, for example, um, God's people have been given by God a super extra amount of intelligence, perception. God has given his people advanced analytical abilities. God has given his people um, an entire spectrum of human brain, body, soul, and spirit enhancement. Why did he do that? Because we're his children. Why, why would he give his greatest talents to the devil? And then why would God's people be so disobedient, not read the word, and, and walk away with the erroneous idea that God is in the habit of cheating his people and giving his people lower-level intelligence, lower-level perception, uh, a lower-grade mind, less educated, less, cha less talented, less enhanced? That doesn't seem right. Why would a loving God give the crown of his creation, mankind, and his children, who are going to live with him forever, in all eternity, in heaven, in a brand new glorified body? Why would he shortchange his own people? Now, there's plenty of people who openly acknowledge they're serving Satan, or if they don't openly acknowledge that they're serving Satan, they tacitly uh, uh, are serving Satan. In other words, they don't formally say it. But for all practical purposes, deep inside, they've made the choice to serve Satan. Obviously, God who is love, God who is just, and God who is fair, is not going to give his people the short end of the stick. That must be from my mother in Missouri also, because I don't know what kind of stick it would have been 
growing up in New York City, except I don't know some kind of sport thing. You know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I use these expressions that are obviously from the Midwest and, and the rural parts of the country, like Missouri. And there's one place I could have got it from. Dear mom, I love you. Uh, it's from you. You're a brilliant woman, but you've got these colloquial <laughs> Missouri expressions. But don't get me wrong. I love Missouri. I'd move to Missouri. If I could, I'd move to Missouri. I, I'm telling you, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Uh, but there's reasons I can't. Uh, commitment to the ministry is number one. And wanting to be near my children. That's number two. No, that's number one. Okay, so here's, here's, here's how it plays out. The devil, Lucifer, has worked overtime. He's on amphetamines. He, he, he's more than a super soldier because he's not just a run-of-a-mill soldier. Satan and Lucifer and the fallen angels could be classified as either super angels or a kind of super gods because they have been enhanced, upgraded. How have they been enhanced and upgraded? Through technology, through biochemistry, through neurological sciences, and by, notice this, when you study or have had the privilege, I don't know if it's a privilege, if you've had the opportunity to be in the private homes of some of the wealthiest and most powerful and in-the-know and knowledgeable people in the world, which I've had that opportunity simply by the grace of God and where I was geographically at a particular period of time. And you observe the lifestyles of these people, they're good and bad like any other group of people. But you notice something. What I have noticed and observed with perception when I look at the kids and the parents of the movers and the shakers, the people at the higher levels of society, the rulers of society, not the slaves, when I at the inventors, the creators, the, when I look at that category of of people and and visit their houses and 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 observe what's going on firsthand, I pick up powerful impressions regarding their lifestyle, of which I then, as soon as I can, apply to my in-depth analysis of the difference between their educational input. Christians' educational input, and then I make a comparative study of whose output in terms of knowledge, history, the development of gifts, and so many other positive things, which category of people uh, have, have an output or an outflow that produces excellence, knowledge, and power, and which category of people have, whether they realize it or not, have locked themselves inside a a unnecessarily small um, prison of their thoughts, and they are they have been programmed uh, by primarily the educational system and the media. They have been programmed to be dumbed down, to reduce their intelligence via scientific mind control. And when you study all this, like I have for thirty years or more. And I talk about it in my books, and I just don't barrage you with all of the information in the first book. I give you an incremental download of knowledge regarding these things that we're talking about. I give you an incremental download of this knowledge. And then the intention of me and this ministry, because without power, you can't do anything. Knowledge is power, and knowledge ultimately comes from God. 
then I try to make myself available as a servant of the Most High God. Not I don't I don't perceive myself as a leader or a prophet or some other title that implies that I am somewhat more exalted and, and of a higher level than you. Notice that I don't use that vocabulary. And it's not because of false humility. It's because it's simply not true. It's not true. But remember the basics of spiritual warfare. Spiritual Warfare 101. The devil and Lucifer and the fallen angels and all those who have accepted the mark of the beast have done everything in their power to to, uh, link up with satanic and Luciferian knowledge. And that's why you may not understand what this means, but Luciferians and Satanists and occultists do. The expression alchemical magic, you need to know what that is, because your opponents believe in alchemical magic and are employing alchemical magic in the greatest spiritual battle in all the world. So it's incumbent upon the children of God, the creator God of the Bible, to excel, exceed, and bypass the children of this world who have been able to increase their wealth, their knowledge, their power, uh, the land they own and control. They've been able to dominate, control, rig, rule, and reign. Talking about the people who don't know God. They have been very successful uh, in taking over America and the world because they um, have, have understood properly and made the decision to do the things necessary in terms of real learning versus counterfeit learning to cause their children and grandchildren to pass on wealth from generation to generation and to pass on all kinds of knowledge from generation to generation. And that specifically means um, the secret occult knowledge known as Mystery Babylon. They pass it on from generation to generation because their game plan is to guarantee among themselves that the globalist elite, the Luciferian elite, they, they have planned and purpose for the global elite and the Luciferian elite to be the temporary gods of this world, small g, to rule and reign over planet Earth um, and the Garden of Eden, and to do things that are so mind-blowing that tragically many Christians, because of their systematic and willful desire to participate in their own social engineering game plan, which has dumbed them down, uh, um, placed them under scientific mind control, reduced their ability to learn, think, perceive, create, enter flow states, and ultimately, listen to me very carefully, what, what you're going to take away from today's program will change. Listen to me. This is not an overstatement. This is not an embellishment. When, I, when you meet me in heaven, which you will, um, I, I'm, I'm no better than you are. 
I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But when you meet me in heaven, and I meet you in heaven, all of your talents, abilities, and giftings will not will no longer be in a zone of suppression, of delusion, confusion, and essentially the satanic game plan is to blind the children of God intellectually, spiritually, and, and in a creative sense, to blind them and to handicap them so they can't reach their full potential. And they have largely been successful because they have mastered, first of all, this one concept, which Christians, in their rebellion from the Word of God, refuse to master. The truth that the, that the evil people have mastered is this, that if you study and educate yourself and learn and apply yourself, if you do what it says in the book of Proverbs and you do it with total commitment, and you're 100% committed to acquiring knowledge, gaining knowledge, like it was gold, silver, and precious jewels. When you begin to develop a lifestyle where you prioritize those knowledge-building activities, you will suddenly begin to perceive in yourself and in your life, first, on an incremental level, you're going to see and notice and observe the incremental progression of your intelligence, of your perception, of your creativity, of your gifting, of your knowledge in every realm, whether it's flow state or accounting, you will see those categories of gifting begin to multiply and and expand at an exponential rate that is correlated directly to the amount of time, energy, strategic planning and uh, uh, commitment you you put into acquiring knowledge. And the more you put into acquiring knowledge, the more you acquire knowledge. And the more you acquire knowledge, the byproduct is you acquire power. Not just spiritual power, but power in every dimension and realm in life. So when the day is done, it's a sure thing. It's guaranteed that the children of God in this great last day's battle are going to be victorious. It's a no-brainer. They're going to be victorious. That's you, your family, your loved ones. You're going to be victorious. You're going to be an overcomer. You're going to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And you're going to take the land that God gave you by covenant. In other words, when you process all the data, you're going to come up with the only rational, logical conclusion, which is... God's people win in the end. God's people become the co-rulers with Jesus Christ, and they rule both the new earth, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem. They rule planet earth during the 1,000-year millennium. God's people are supernaturally transformed into a supernatural position of rulership and leadership. And therefore, you and I will sit on literal—this is hard for some people to grasp, but I promise you, you and I are going to sit on literal thrones right next to the throne of Jesus Christ in heaven. Because you and I are going to rule and reign planet Earth and other areas. You and I are going to rule and reign those areas 
in the authority of Jesus Christ. Now you say, well, come on, I don't believe that. I don't care whether you believe it or not. I'm going to give you a, a biblical foundation as to why it's true. When you read the book of Genesis and when you read the book of Revelation, which most pastors and churches never teach the people, Genesis or Revelation, you discover that God writes in both Genesis and Revelation and in other books of the Bible, God goes out of his way to write about mankind, identify and describe mankind, starting with Adam and Eve. And God calls, or the Creator calls, Adam and Eve um, the rulers, and God calls Adam and Eve the rulers and reigners of planet Earth. That God calls Adam and Eve the kings and queens of planet Earth, because they are destined by the authority of Jesus Christ to rule and reign for all eternity with Jesus Christ. So you being a ruler and a reigner is in your DNA and your genetic code. And that is what you will become as time progresses. So don't shirk off what God has given you through his grace. Now, when you read the book of Revelation, and Deuteronomy 28, this same theme, this same truth, God is repeating to us because guess what? He really wants us, he really wants us to get the full truth, not the lies. So the full truth is this. In the book of Revelation, once again, God picks up this truth theme, and God calls all of his people, describes all of his people in the book of Revelation as priest kings or priestess queens. In other words, we are described as royalty and we are described as rulers and reigners because we've been given that authority by the Lord Jesus Christ. So, starting in Genesis, ending in the book of Revelation, we are called by God to rule and reign in the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, um, and all that God creates. We have been called to rule and reign. That implies that we have already been equipped by God before the foundation of the world. God equipped us with every gifting, every knowledge, every perception, every DNA, every enhancement. God has equipped us supernaturally with an abundance of everything we need, including the authority to rule and reign planet Earth and the other um, entities that God has created for all eternity. Now, this is so important that this is part one of this. I, I turned it into a teaching. We're still going to get to China. But remember, there's no reason for us to fear China. Nations like communist China, communist Russia, communist Cuba, and hardcore social and, uh, socialist nations, all of those nations have one primary modality in common. Their educational system, their political system, and their environment in every communist nation is designed to dumb people down, make them stupid, aggressively put them through social engineering, and essentially program them with scientific mind control. And you say, well, why would they do that? It's counterproductive. They do that because ultimately they're stupid. They have cut themselves off from God's eternal source of wisdom. And as such, they become dumber and dumber and dumber. They're dumbed down. And you say, well, why would the communist Chinese and the Russians and the Cubans do that? They're not looking for movers and shakers 
inventors, artists, creators, engineers. They're not looking for that. They are trying to selectively weed genius, gifting, and talent out of their population. They're purging their population of anything that's exceptional or great, great being close to God. And so the the, the communist Chinese, Russian, and Cuban, and all communist nations, their ultimate game plan is they have to enslave the masses so the masses will serve them in fear. And the way they enslave the masses is they use scientific mind control, propaganda, brainwashing, and other evil uh, psychological techniques to enslave their people so that their people will never revolt uh, against their rule never revolt against their theft of money and livelihood, never revolt against their oppressive, horrific, monstrous, totalitarian regimes. The communist elite fear that. They fear that because they know deep inside and through observation that the American system and systems like America is vastly superior. It produces superior people with superior productivity and superior output. That's why any way you approach it, any way you map out potential future scenarios, and I want you to be set on fire with this, whether you're talking about the communists in America, the socialists in the America, the revolutionaries in America, or whether you're talking about the communists in Russia, Cuba, uh, communist China, or wherever, wherever you're talking about the ideology or the satanic stronghold of communism, Uh, being released to enslave the people, you are talking about first creating an environment, a negative environment, which precedes all mental development and guarantees that their people will be quivering, terrified, stupid people. Not that they really are genetically or with their DNA. They're not stupid through the creation of God. They have been designed to be systematically stupid. So the evil and wicked and satanic Communist rulers can illegally rule, reign, steal, and enslave the millions of masses. And they want to exploit them and abuse them. And then they want to spread this specter of darkness across the earth. But you see, they're signing their own spiritual death warrant. Logically, rationally, and by using the mind of Christ, it is blatantly obvious. That any nation that uses communism and Marxism and totalitarianism as their mechanism for economic growth, military power, and other kinds of power, it is guaranteed 100% that all these communist-inspired nations, without exception, will produce generation after generation of inferior, scientifically dumbed-down, Mentally crippled, weak, and fearful people. That's their that's their their people. It's not because God created them that way. It's because the devil used the ideology of communism and Marxism as a satanic mechanism to steal the birthright of the Chinese people, the Cuban people, the Russian people. And it's only until they overthrow in a spiritual, philosophical, and intellectual sense, it's only until they overthrow that that communist ideological tyranny, it's only after they overthrow that, that their minds, 
their bodies, their brains, their perception, their abilities, their giftings, all of the things that God blessed them with, they can be released. Released with an eruption of power that that will bewilder the world. Jesus wasn't kidding, my friends, when he said to his disciples who came from all the nations, he told them what to do, like he's telling you and I what to do. He said, you need to tarry or pray or wait on God in Jerusalem until God sends you power from on high. The dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God explodes uh, when God's people, and that's anybody, it could be the Chinese, anybody, receive power from on high. Power from on high. Power from on high is the greatest power of all powers. It transcends all other powers. Because power from on high is centralized in the historical event of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. No other person in history, no other religious account in history, gives a detailed, historical, verifiable, and truthful and accurate account of Jesus Christ being dead, crucified, buried, and then he supernaturally resurrects from the dead. So so it is the power of the resurrection of Christ, which is the ultimate power in the universe, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which can take anything dead and resurrect it to life. It is that same resurrection power that can be possessed by faith in God's word and utilized as the dunamis, the dynamite power of God, also known as power from on high. You need to get my books. You need to soak in them and immerse yourself in them. The seeds that are planted from my books in your heart and mind will produce a super harvest. It's time is late. Go out and grab it. Take the land. Occupy the land. It's time for Christian men to quit hiding in the corner, crying like little girls. It's time for Christian men in a law-abiding and peaceful way to stand, expecting them, they need to stand with the expectation and the faith that as they stand before God in obedience, God will clothe them with power from on high, and they will become supernaturally invincible, and they will be the mighty warriors and the mighty men of God that God created them to be. That's a done deal. Possess it. And for women, get over this stupid, inane feminist Marxist ideology, which is designed to rip apart your marriage and rip apart your mind. Obviously, women are gifted just as much as men. Obviously, God did not cheat women of gifting, of genetic ability. God gave women an inexhaustible amount of talent and gifting and all kinds of things. All you need to do if, if you're a woman is, by faith, Step into your future by faith, walk into your future by faith, and be the woman by believing in the supernatural resurrection power of God. Walk into the future step by step, step by faith, and call into existence, and through your actions and work, create in your existence the super future that you always dared to dream of for yourself, your daughter, and other women. Dare to receive your super future and everything that goes with it. Dare to do that. And as you dare to do that, and as you rise in faith, 
you will discover the moment you decide to rise in faith is the moment God decides to clothe you with power from on high. And then you become not just a woman, you become a woman that is anointed with the glory of God. And together, Christian men with the Spirit of God and Christian women with the Spirit of God, like our forefathers and our forefathers is bad English, like our great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather, Adam and Eve, our original space-time ancestors, Adam and Eve, were given the supernatural authority of God to rule and reign planet Earth together as joint heirs with Jesus. Don't forget the joint heir part, or co-rulers with Jesus. And as co-rulers with Jesus, sharing the co-legal authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, this is what's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon. As the pressures externally heat up, as chaos explodes in the streets of America and around the world, there will be two roads placed before the people of God. The road of fear and unbelief is one road, and the other road is the road of faith, spiritual power, the dunamis power of God, knowledge which brings power, the gifts and the abilities of God. Two different roads, two different paths, two different futures. And at this very moment, in space and time, in your imagination, you can see, with the eyes of your spirit, you can see those two different roads traveling in two different directions in your inner imagination. Now, based on the information that you've been given, you need to make a decision which road are you going to choose to travel down? Because the road you choose to travel down between the two roads is the road that is going to either bring you into the future you've always dreamed of, including heaven and eternal life, and by choosing the right road, you will have the power to rule and reign and overthrow the illegal rule of Lucifer and the fallen angels. And as we are in the last days and Christ rises for, from his throne, ready to, to descend on planet Earth at the second coming, there is going to be, once and for all, God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, who is all-powerful. He is going to put an instantaneous end to this illegal rebellion of Satan and the fallen angels and Lucifer. He's putting an end to that spiritual demonic revolution. And if God's people in America will simply come to the Lord based on grace and repenting and asking for forgiveness, and we've all sinned, and if God's people in America obey God by stepping into the future by faith, we then create the future we've dreamed of by faith. And that's written about in Joel 2 and Acts chapter 2 where it talks about um, how old men and young men and women and children, you know, they'll see visions, they'll dream dreams, and all the other supernatural portals or doorways that will immediately begin to open in this physical realm dimension for us, because each doorway leads down a different roadway into the future. And so the time has come for you and I to Cast off fear. Cast off double-mindedness. The time has come for you and I to steadfastly place, to steadfastly 
fuse our minds with the mind of Christ. And the time has come for you and I to stop wavering between two opinions. The time has come for the people of God to clearly hear the trumpet blast of God's watchmen and recognize that the enemy of God's people are hiding, but they're mobilizing to move towards us to destroy our habitations and to destroy us off the face of the earth. The cashless society is right at the door. The cashless society and the biochip implant and the neural chip implant, the electronic ID and electronic cash digital money is right at the door. They, and then, as that happens, the Antichrist system materializes and the um, false prophet materializes and the predictions of the new world order now called the global reset will come true before your very eyes. But before that happens, and even at some point, at some point, even as that is happening, at some point, even as that massive transformation is occurring, there is going to be the most unprecedented, supernatural, and mind-blowing release of God's power ever to connect to planet Earth and the people of planet Earth. And it's nanoseconds away in the dimension of quantum physics. So here's how it plays out. It plays out very simply, very quickly, as the world is freaking out and shrieking in panic, as the people of God shake in their boots and are gripped by terror. As communist China continues to build its military and communist Russia, as the Middle Eastern nations prepare to invade Israel in an Ezekiel 38 war and war of Gog and Magog scenario, as these prophetic events all begin to happen, including the genetic modification of genes, which is transhumanism, which is simply using technology and science to make man God. As all of these things are happening, as all of these things are happening, if you listen carefully right now, if you really pay attention, if you really pay attention, you will notice there is a conspicuous but holy silence in the atmosphere. And that conspicuous and holy silence in the atmosphere brings with it both the presence and the glory of God. And the presence and the glory of God, right now, due to the grace of God, lift up your hands outstretched and look towards heaven. The glory of God, produced by the grace of God, as you open your hands towards heaven and begin to worship Jesus Christ and praise him as God and King of kings and Lord of lords, as you open up your heart and mind to God, he will fill you with his divine presence. He will fill you with his glory. The same anointing that is being poured out upon him as he sits upon the throne room in heaven is the same anointing that came down on King David and enabled King David to slaughter Goliath. It's the same anointing that gave Adam and Eve the authority to be the kings and queens of planet Earth. And it's the same, it's the same anointing that God anointed Jesus with so he could minister to us eternal life and give us the, grant us the authority to rule and reign as kings and queens on planet Earth. So, as I said before, we're nanoseconds away from this new reality from materializing. Not a counterfeit reality, this real reality. And in a flash, 
as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, as the Bible says. As you see great signs and wonders in the heavens, some are counterfeit, some are real. And you see this great flash of lightning from the east to the west in the heavens. In the time span that contains those supernatural flashes of light, you're going to see the true God, the true King of kings and Lord of lords, the the true children of God, those that have been given the supernatural authority to rule and reign planet Earth in the book of Revelation, and the supernatural authority to rule and reign over Earth and all earthly societies. In, in, in a flash of light, there's going to be the dunamis dynamite explosion of the Holy Spirit. The detonation, the dynamite force of the Holy Spirit, power from on high, is going to explode from your inner being. And as power from on high detonates from your inner being, there's going to be an explosion that shakes the heavens and shakes the earth and shakes all of eternity. And this explosion will propel so much energy, so much force into the universe and into mankind that it will change the collective destiny of God's children forever and ever and ever. And God's people will no longer be stuck in some, you know, Louisiana swamp. God's people will be sitting as priests and kings upon special thrones next to the throne of Jesus. And every throne in the throne room of God is going to, there's going to be a special and unique throne representing your authority and power. And if you look carefully, right now, I'm talking about right now, if you look carefully at this throne, you will see written in gold, but written in gold and mixed with the glory of God, you will see in handwritten uh, script written by Jesus, you will see your name written, your personal name written in on the throne of God that you are supposed to sit on and rule and reign from. See what's happening? See what's happening? The American Revolution was based on the Bible. It was a foreshadowing of a biblical revolution, law-abiding and peaceful, that will occur in the future, now known as the last days. Let me say this again. This is the takeaway. This is the takeaway. You're Right now in heaven, there's a great cloud of witnesses watching us, praying for us, and cheering us on. You're not alone. Right now, there is a supernatural manifestation occurring in your heart and mind and body, which is releasing the dunamis, dynamite, supernatural power of God with an explosive detonation, and it has the power to change or reconfigure the very fabric of of reality. And as this holy explosion of the Spirit of God detonates, it vaporizes all satanic strongholds. And it it, it infuses all of God's children with the supernatural authority and the supernatural power, the supernatural rulership, and the supernatural ability to rule and reign, um, to rule and reign like kings and queens for all eternity. So, This is what we call a 
in, in the truest sense of the term, this is what we call a Jesus revolution, law-abiding and peaceful, and this is what we call a, a uh, spiritual revolution, law-abiding and peaceful. If you look at the front cover of my book, for crying out loud, you'll see a picture of me. That's not the important thing. The picture of me, Paul McGuire, that you see on the front cover of my book, Power From On High, I am standing directly below a giant gold clock. And if you look carefully at me, there's symbolism that is teaching you deep prophetic truths from the Bible that I've embedded in my book, Power From On High. In addition to that, there are deep spiritual truths that I have embedded in in other symbols in my book, Power From On High, such as this beautiful golden clock. And if you look at the clock, you will notice that the exact time to the second of this golden clock is midnight, the stroke of midnight. And I'll leave it there. This is paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Stand with me like a warrior in the Lord or a priestess in the Lord. Stand with me. Fight the good fight of faith, and together we shall take the land. But I need your prayers. I need your financial gifts and contributions. And I need you to like, post, and wage war with me on the internet so the enemy doesn't take us down. God bless you. This is your servant in Christ. Visit Paul McGuire at paulmcguire.us.